welcome to Pastor's Middle Kid, the podcast where I get to share about my life and what I think about it. Now, if you're wondering why I sound like I'm speaking a little softly, it's because I'm actually recording this after midnight, so I don't want to really wake anybody else up that may have gone to bed before this. But I wanted to let you all know that spring has arrived here in Newcastle, finally after the long bout of cold, dreary weather of last week with the storms reminiscent of early autumn, it looks as if we finally started heading in the direction of summer. Now I recorded this at the end of Sunday the 4th of October. It actually reached 34 degrees Celsius in Mayfield and now that is 93 degrees Fahrenheit for my American listeners. That, with a bit of extra little humidity, made it feel quite muggy around our centre here in Newcastle. Now, what does somebody do on a hot day? Uh, That's a good question. Some of us go to the beach, some of us stay at home, some of us stay in our rooms watching movies or sitting in front of a fan wherever we could find one or if we have an air-conditioned room enjoying the luxury of that. For me personally, after I went to church, which was wonderful, I love my Mayfield congregation in the Uniting Church, I ended up playing Pokemon Stadium on the Nintendo 64 for a few hours. Once the School of Innovative Youth Ministries in the Youth Street Department got back from Five Day Escape, which happened at the Gold Coast last week, they brought back a box and a suitcase of my personal items which were safely delivered into their hands for transport back to Newcastle and to my side by my lovely sister Brooke, who has been mentioned on Pastor's Middle Kid before. Included in the suitcase was my Nintendo 64 controller transfer pack and Pokemon Red version, which means I can play Pokemon Red version on the TV by having that plugged in while I'm playing Pokemon Stadium. That's pretty cool because just playing a Game Boy game on a Game Boy and trying to include other people is kind of hard, but in this particular case, I can have my buddy sitting next to me and we can be both partaking in which Pokemon to level up and what attack to use and all that great stuff that comes into the strategic unfolding of Pokemon Red version and have it playing on the big screen, so to speak, instead of a uh, little Game Boy screen. So I was playing Pokemon Stadium in preparation for that. In case you ever go back and play Pokemon Stadium 1 on the Nintendo 64, If you beat the Elite Four and your rival, you get a Pokemon which you can transfer onto your Game Boy game. It's pretty cool. I just got an Omanyte. So for three hours, I sat down in one of the common areas with a nice, lovely breeze blowing right over the top of me during this very warm Sunday afternoon, just trying to win these Pokemon. I only ended up succeeding once, which was a pretty depressing outcome for playing for a few hours. But in the end, I decided to jump up and play some backyard cricket with some of my mates here and so there were about three or four of us that were either Australian or English and we had a a new American friend who arrived a few days previously to mission build which is kind of like being on staff except not having done a DTS so just kind of working in the community helping out in different areas He's actually going to be taking a DTS in January, so for the next few months he's going to be 
helping out uh, with some of our building projects as well as helping out with some food preparation. And his name's Daniel and he is a great man. We taught him how to play cricket, backyard cricket, of course, and we were all barefoot, falling subject to Bindi's, everybody's favorite backyard nemesis. But we played that for an hour or so, and that was a bunch of fun. We then decided to head to Woolies and buy some ingredients for a dinner. We had nachos, and it was very tasty. Right after that, I actually ended up going with some friends to the beach at night time. So it was already dark and we jumped in the car, drove out to the ocean baths, which is kind of like a swimming pool right next to the ocean. It's pretty cool. And it was lit too, and there weren't any sharks. And that was a very, very good sign. We had a lot of fun. There were five of us just kind of mucking around. And as Boss Nass would say in Star Wars episode one, we saw being friends. It was a great time. We headed to McDonald's and continued chilling out. Once we got back, I ended up talking with one of my mates, Jordan, who's been on the podcast a few times. You know, just one of those spontaneous, deep and meaningful conversations, heart to heart. Really good stuff, especially between brothers. It's nice. So that's how I spent the hottest day of this time staffing at YWAM Newcastle so far. I'm sure there are plenty of hot days to come, especially since we're only at the beginning of spring. But Daylight Savings has begun, so that means there's more hours for backyard cricket, there's more hours for playing football down at the park. But weather-wise, that's something that's beginning to change. It also means the fans are on in the room. And I'm living in an upstairs room at our hostel here, and it's a very small box, our room, and it gets very warm. We only have a couple of fans at the moment. We're looking to get a couple more installed around the place because the hot air just kind of stays in here. I've never really been an insulating genius, but I know that hot air rises and I feel it because I'm on the top bunk. <laughs> uh, I'm working at ways that I can direct the air back out the window so that I can stay cool in this upcoming season. Yay! That's it weather-wise here at YWAM Newcastle. Interestingly, if you remember from last week's podcast, I talked about how this was an in-between week. So the DTSs that began in July have all started going on their local outreaches, and they've been working in Byron Bay, in Bondi, and even in a local suburb of Newcastle called Windale. It's kind of like Winslade. I'm sure I've been called Ryan Windale before. Definitely Winsdale. The amount of variations we've had of our surname throughout the years is ridiculous and misspellings and all that. <sighs> we have some DTSs that are beginning on Monday, the 5th of October. And that could be today as you listen to this podcast. Or if you listen to this podcast not on Monday, the 5th of October, then it's not today. It would have already begun. We have roughly 70 people arriving for the October quarter of DTSs, which there's three of them, the old generations, the trailblazers and the compassion DTS at the same time as the School of Music and Missions, which is a second level school that's post DTS. I took it last year. It's running again this year and it has about five or six students on it. Our base population is growing like crazy. Now we had about 40 people on the July DTSs and that was the World Explorers DTS and the Music and Arts, as well as the School of Worship and the School of Innovative Youth Ministries. All up, there was about 50 of them, I guess. 
And all these guys are either on outreach already or they're about to go on outreach. And as you might recall me mentioning last week on the podcast, we have what we call base retreat coming up where everyone at YWAM Newcastle heads to a local reserve for a camping retreat for four days. That's going to be a bunch of fun because we have all of the outreach teams from the July quarter. So like I said, around 50 or so all up as well as the 70 to 75 that we have arriving for the October quarter on top of all the on-base staff members. So we are going to have 200 people at this camping trip. Every day we're going to have meetings and there's going to be a guest speaker. There's going to be times of worship and prayer. Basically, this is just to build community unity. We often have hikes and a number of people like to play sports during this time. We have a river close by that people are going to go swimming in, campfires every night, as well as hot Milo and snacks. It's going to be great. I got my little tent mailed up to me thanks to my sister. It actually has a name. Its name is Little Blue because, as you might have guessed from its name, it is little and blue. It doesn't have a fly, so I'm trying to acquire a tarp to place over the top because it gets a little bit wet if you don't have something covering your tent. Wake up with dew on your face, even though you weren't sleeping out under the stars. It's a really interesting experience, but Little Blue is very dear to my heart and I'm sure very dear to the YWAM Newcastle community at large. It's like a Smurf, except without the hat and the pants. So like a no, it's not like a naked Smurf. It's just more like a blue tent, really, but a little smaller than a regular one. I think it's supposed to be two man. What's up with that? Two man tent? You can fit one man and that's it. <laughs> Maybe fit your bag as well if you're lucky. Maybe two men if they're packed in like sardines. I get the idea that these tents and the recommended people to place inside of these tents is kind of based off the same logic as clown cars. You can fit more in than you thought, but that doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so these October DTSs that are beginning go for six months, like all DTSs, and I'm very much looking forward to how they're going to pan out. Mitchum and Jake, who have both been on the Pastors Middle Kid podcast in the past, are going to be staffing this school. A unique opportunity of being part of the staff team for a discipleship training school is you get to be part of one-on-one -on -one mentoring times with particular students. That means weekly catch-ups where you get to encourage the students to share a little bit about what they're going through and what they're kind of been challenged with, as well as what they want to continue to grow in and what they may not have seen any development in and want to be pushed a little bit more in. As a DTS student, when I was on DTS in Brisbane, I found them a little bit awkward, to be honest. It kind of felt a bit like a job interview every week. <laughs> but I know that in the long run, it was definitely helpful, particularly for me being a verbal processor. I got to share things like this and talk and talk and talk and answer questions. And as somebody that's passionate about communicating and putting into words what they feel, I found it was very beneficial for me. I'm really keen to see the development that happens in these students' lives and the fact that there is an all generations DTS arriving means that there are some older people. Now that's people that fall 
on the older side of the typical age demographic of 18 to 35. There's also a few married couples that are going to be on the old generations school as well. So what do I, as somebody who finds themselves feeling a little bit overwhelmed in large groups, feel about having 70 to 75 people arriving for this October quarter? To be transparent with you, I'm willing to have that many people around. I'm sure I'll adapt and I'll be able to find my feet again, but I'm not necessarily excited about losing what personal space I have been able to find while living in a community of this size. That's not to say that I'm not really keen to get to know them all because something I love is people. And I love that everybody is different, everyone's unique, and because everyone was made in the image of God as well, means everybody has a unique aspect of God's character that they can offer to the world. And if you're not getting to know somebody, then you're missing out on getting to know one little thing about God. When I first heard that, when I first had that epiphany, it began to change how I viewed seeing other people around and the amount of value that I began placing on people as individuals. That's something that is really important because everyone has value and everybody has something to contribute. Everybody is worth friendship. And according to Jesus, everyone was worth dying for. Then maybe we should start to think twice if we don't want to get to know someone because they're not the normal type of person we would get to know, which is something I find myself thinking. Or maybe we could just love somebody that's different to us instead of avoiding them. I guess in some cases, loving may look like avoiding. It might be the most loving thing we could do if we find ourselves continually butting heads with people, but there's always some way that we can show somebody that we love them. How would you like them to show they love you? I think that'd be a good indicator to see how we could show our love to them. So with 70 or so people arriving for the DTSs and School of Music Admissions, I am very much looking forward to getting to know different aspects of God's character and finding them and picking out those little treasures in everybody. I know that I may not have met some of my best friends yet, but some of them might be on this new October quarter and they could be from anywhere in the world. I love meeting people from different cultures and getting to know bits about their language and the way that they think, breaking people down. I, I really like that. I really like analyzing behavior, picking people apart and finding what makes them tick. And sometimes along the way, I accidentally find what makes them ticked as well. <laughs> but you know, that comes with becoming friends with someone. You see them at their best and you see them at their worst. And that's particularly true of living in the same place as people for prolonged periods of time, whether that is living for 21 years at home with your family, they see you at your best and they also see you at your worst. Or it could be living for three months with a bunch of other people during a discipleship training school. You get to see different sides of people the longer you're around them. And the more that you are around them constantly, that is something that is very beautiful about the way that YWAM likes to do community. And while we may not always have our best days, we may have some bad hair days and we may have some good hair days, we have the amazing opportunity 
to choose to love people at their worst and to choose to love people at their best. Usually it's a little bit easier to love someone when they're at their best, but when they're at their worst, they are still God's child. They are still as valuable as they are when they're making everybody laugh, when they're the life of the party, or when they're sitting in the corner drinking tea. They're still that same person when they're red in the face and yelling, when they're swearing under their breath at someone, when they are refusing to do their bit in cleaning up the house. They are still that same valued, unique child of God made in his image. And we have the opportunity as fellow children of God to love, to choose love in all of those circumstances, good or bad. What do I think about having a whole bunch of new people around me, new faces I've never seen, new voices I've never heard, new names I've never spoken? I am really excited to choose love and I know it's going to be so difficult at times but it's gonna be so easy at other times. I'm really looking forward to connecting as a brother to all of these new people and to show them that being new doesn't mean you don't fit. To show them that just because they haven't been around yet doesn't mean they don't have a place. To show them worth and value and respect from the moment I meet them and to believe that they are good people even when proven otherwise. Wouldn't that be something? If we all started treating people as if they've never done us any wrong. If forgiveness was not just a confession with our mouth, but if it was a heart attitude that doesn't forget what has been done, but chooses in light of that memory to offer the same chance to them. I'm up for it if you are. In fact, I'm up for it even if you aren't. But I want to encourage you to start thinking of things a bit differently. Start thinking of people a bit differently. And you know that irritating brother of yours? <laughs> we all know the one. Or you know that sister that just gets under your skin? Or that co-worker that just does not shut up? What if we just loved? What if we just loved? Now again, I'm saying this as somebody who doesn't always just love. <laughs> But I want to. I want to get to that place. And I believe it's the heart of God to get to that place. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you are feeling hot and bothered about something, if you are arguing, if you are full of loathing and seething about something, then wouldn't you want somebody to give you a second chance? Wouldn't you want somebody to go and get you a ginger beer from the fridge? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that change the world? Imagine that. I want to learn to love my neighbor as I love myself. Yes, I want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, definitely. But I want to particularly put forth the challenge this week on Pastor's Middle Kid to love your neighbor. And your neighbor's anyone. Anyone that you see, anyone that you hear, anyone that you smell. Yeah, even him. Loving them as you love yourself treating others how you want to be treated and it's strange because if we think about how we want to be treated it might originate from some semi-selfish kind of attitude i would really want someone to go and buy me a 4 and 20 pie if i was feeling really upset well would you 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. But would you do that if somebody was really upset at you? And it wasn't even a, a way to bribe them out of feeling upset at you? But it was merely motivated by love? Crazy, ridiculous love. I really believe that this could change everything about every relationship that you have, about every stranger that you see. Not everyone receives love the same way as you. That's something to keep in mind. But everyone receives love, but not everyone gives love. Hopefully this has made you think. Feel free to go and sit on this or pray on this or chew on this or meditate on this, whatever it is that you do on it. Go ahead and do it. Get on it. I know this is definitely challenging for me. As a human being, I need to be constantly reminded that other people are as valuable as I am. And even if I have a revelation of how valuable I am, we need to go the next step and have that revelation of how everybody else is just as valuable as us. And everything that God says to us about how precious we are and how priceless we are, how we are more valuable to him than any amount of jewels or gold. That's how he feels about them. That you, yes, you, dear listener, are more valuable to God than anything. In fact, you are so worth it to him that he even gave up his life so that you didn't have to die, but that you could live forever and ever and ever with him and he is all things good. You are everything to him. And everyone you see is everything to him. But God didn't just die for all, he died for each. Did Jesus not give us a new commandment to love one another as he has loved? And yes, to even go as far as to lay down our lives for another as he laid down his life for the world. This is big stuff. This is good news. This is the gospel. God, may you stir up inside of us a passion to love. Reveal to us how you see us and help change what is twisted in our own understandings of who we are so that we can see ourselves in the good way that you see us and in turn to see others in the good way that you see them help us to love and to love passionately and to follow your direction in how to love god you are good and your mercies are always new every day thank you for who you are and thank you for loving help us to love we pray in jesus name amen thanks for getting deep with me everyone I hope this has been a, uh, a nice little challenge for you all. And whether or not you believe that Jesus is the only way, whether or not you believe that he died for your life, that doesn't matter. We can all agree that loving the person that we see in front of us, loving our neighbor even if we don't like them, that is what changes the world. Be blessed. I love you all, and I would love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, please do not hesitate to contact me. I want to pray for and with you. Thanks heaps, everyone. 
Have a great week. I'm going to have a wonderful week getting to know 70 new people. <laughs> That's your challenge too. Get to know 70 new people this week. Oh. <laughs> it may not be possible, but for me it is. And, you know, I may as well take that opportunity if it's been given to me. We'll see what happens. Hopefully I'll be able to remember everyone's name by this time next week. I'll let you know. All right, thanks again for listening to Pastor's Middle Kid this week. I'm Ryan Luke. I really appreciate you. And God thinks the world of you. You fall from corporate hearts into a very-